is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. I'm Jack Death. I'm a trooper in the 23rd century. Jack Death, Angel City PD. May I see your stats? What did I do? Under Section 7 of the Penal Code, the Council authorized me to administer you a transfer suspect examination. You can't give me a TSE without a warrant. I got your warrant right here now. Okay, okay, okay. I don't want any trouble. My job is hunting transfers. I got nothing to hide. Finding them. Negative. And singeing them. Look out! It's 80s Revisited! Watch out, oh, Jack Death. We're back. In style. In the style of a B-movie from the 80s, <laughs> that is, as we talk about transfers this week. With me as always... Myself, Trey Harris, and with me as always, <laughs> additionally, other than myself, the Jack to my death, producer extraordinaire Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. And this, this is this is gonna be this is a fun one. I'm te- I, let me let me preface this right now. If you haven't seen Transfers, go to Freebie, go to Peacock, watch it. This is a rec- a, a spoiler alert. It's a recommendation. It's a fun one. Mm. But uh, let's get on. Let's get on with it. You're on 80s Revisited, of course. <laughs> wow. What an intro. Oh, all over the place. But yeah, Transfers. Now, this movie is PG-13. I'm watching it. First off, I thought it was R, because it's got four F-bombs in it. <laughs> in a PG-13 movie in 1985, you could have four F-bombs and get away with it. Uh, and also, it's 76 minutes. It's as long as an episode of The Mandalorian. <laughs> Certain episodes of The Mandalorian, pretty much. It could have been a TV show. And it remind it actually this plot line might remind you of a particular TV show, uh, but it came out originally May twenty second, nineteen eighty five. IMDb gives it a six. Rotten Tomatoes eighty eight percent critics, fifty three percent audience. So that's really unusual, <laughs> especially for a film like this. More critics liked it than the audience liked it. But uh, uh, Transfers has become a cult classic ever since. On a four hundred thousand dollar budget, and I could find zero information for its opening, domestic gross, worldwide rentals, all that. I do know, I'm not even sure if it actually was released theatrically, to be honest with you. Uh, if it was, I imagine it was probably very limited. I do know all the sequels, however, were direct to VHS at the time. It was directed by the legendary Charles Band, uh, owner, creator of Full Moon Features, uh, second only to the uh, great Roger Corman. I also, as far as directing wise, though, we also directed Dr. Mordred with Jeffrey Combs, uh, Prehysteria with the kid from uh, Last Action Hero, uh, Dollman versus Demonic Toys, and another holiday classic, in addition to Trancers, The Ginger Dead Man, which is <laughs> The Ginger Dead Man was voiced <laughs> by none other than Gary Busey, now disgraced actor Gary Busey. It was written by Paul DeMeo and Danny Bilson. Uh, they're, they're kind of a writing duo. They uh, work together on the, all the Transfer series, Eliminators. Uh, I want to say one of them, they work together, but one of them was specifically kind of one of the driving forces behind uh, the Flash TV show from the 90s with John Wesley Shipp as the Flash, uh, The Rocketeer, and recently uh, Spike Lee's The Five Bloods, which was a very... For a Spike Lee movie, it, was, it had some weird stuff in it that I wouldn't have expected from Spike Lee. But anyway... Cinematography was by Mac Alberg. Uh, he did The Dungeon Master, uh, Ghoulies, Reanimator, which I mentioned earlier, uh, House, From Beyond, uh, Deep Star Six, who's so a veteran of the podcast, and to round out that eclectic group of movies, he also was a cinematographer 
on the Brady Bunch movie. <laughs> so very, uh, very varied career history for uh, Mr. Mac there. And the music, got to mention the music. It was by Phil Davies and Mark Ryder, and that's Ryder with a Y. Uh, the soundtrack for this film is awesome. It is straight up. It's uh, I like synthwave music, 80s synthwave music. But, you know, a lot of, which is hearkening back to the stuff that John Carpenter did back in the 80s. But also, the music in this film. This is straight up, like, sounds like modern synthwave music. The soundtrack is great. Highest possible recommendation on the soundtrack. But uh, starring one of my new favorite actors of all time, uh, Tim <laughs> Thomerson, as Jack Death. D-E-T-H, because if you leave out the A, it makes it sound somewhat plausible that that's his name. Uh, but he was also uh, pretty much uh, 200... He's a character actor, a B-movie character actor, best known, honestly, for the Transfer series. Uh, he was also an evil bong, to, to further my explanation. Uh, he had a little role in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and a ton of television. What I'm telling you, like... His role in this is iconic to me. Like, whenever I see him pop up, I'm never going to think of anything except Jack Death from Trancers. <laughs> uh, and surprisingly, Helen Hunt. Yes, the, you know, Academy Award. I think she won for As Good As It Gets, or she won for something, I thought. Academy Award winning actress Helen Hunt as Lena in this. I'll always remember her from Twister. And, uh, of course, the TV show Mad About You. Personally... I've never cared for her. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the same. Like uh, in Twister, I just I wish they would. Like she's so annoying in that movie. Like Bill Paxton could say a dumb line in that movie, and I'm not being sexist. I'm this is just acting wise. You know, Bill Paxton yeah. could be like, "Yeah, the tornado came and sucked the whole thing up," and then she's like having a panic attack. Like you've never seen a tornado. Skip this house and skip that house and come right for you. It's just like that. <laughs> That's dumb. Like, that's not what, it's not, you think, it, 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 actually, Bill Paxton in that moment sums up my exact thoughts, because he's like, Jesus, Jill, is that what you think it did? I'm like, duh. <laughs> like, it's, it's, like, yes, that had to be an ad lib, like, because that, it's her line, and it's, and it, she's not a bad actress, I'm not saying that. She's yeah. just not done anything that I care about. This is my, this is my favorite movie that she's ever been in. <laughs> yes, I like it better than Twister. Twister is great because of the effects and for Bill Paxton. And uh, Carrie Ells being a total slime ball, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, not a Helen Hunt fan. Not a bad actress, just you know, like Meryl Streep. Like she's everybody think a lot. I say everybody. A lot of people think she's the greatest actress that ever walked the earth. Sure, that's your opinion. I don't see it. I would never pick her. Uh, but just you know, not my cup of tea. Uh, Michael Stefani as the villain of the piece, who's named Whistler. Uh, all he ever did was pretty much was random television. And another great. A lot, see, that's the thing we talked about this. Uh, you know, last episode or a couple episodes ago, you get some good character actors in your movie, and you're good. You're good to go. You're going to get some solid performances. Uh, and you got the late, unfortunately, great Art Lafleur. Great name uh, for for his real name too. But he was McNulty. 170 credits. Field of Dreams. Santa Claus 2. And to keep it Polly Shoreific from our Thanksgiving, I mean, uh, uh, our talk about that during Thanksgiving with son-in-law uh, in the army now. And one of my mom's favorite movies with Mel Gibson, disgraced actor Mel Gibson, <laughs> uh, Forever Young. Uh, and unfortunately, he did pass just passed away just last year, unfortunately. But uh, the second he pops up, like, oh, it's that guy. He's definitely one of those those actors and actresses that when they pop up in a movie, you're like, oh, I know him. That's uh, the guy from Field of Dreams that was picking on the guy. 
he's he's, got, he's one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thelma Hopkins. Now, everybody, you might not recognize her name. I know Daniel, our, the old co-host, would immediately, the first thing he would have said if he was still on this podcast 200 episodes after he left, would say, <laughs> oh, I rec- the first thing I did was recognize her. And she was Engineer Reigns, but she was Aunt Rachel from Family Matters. Oh, yeah. So the, I believe I, I can hear Daniel saying that on the air because <laughs> that's like one of his favorite TV shows. That would have been the first thing he said. I can't believe she was in that. It was, that was, she, she was great. You know, just how Daniel is uh, for you mm-hmm. old, old listeners of the podcast. <laughs> and then uh, rounding out the cast, another unfortunate uh, late great actor, but the late great Richard Hurd as Chairman Spencer, another character actor, 156 credits. Uh, one of his last roles was in Get Out. He was a regular on T.J. Hooker with Shatner. Uh, I remember him basically pretty much from two things, mostly. And that's uh, he was John in V, the television series, as kind of the supreme leader of the visitors. And he was in an episode of Seinfeld. He was Wilhelm. But uh, whenever he pops up, it's like, oh, it's, it's a guy from V. Again, again character actors work. Uh, and he, both him and Lafleur, uh, you know, turning great performances. Because character actors are some of the best actors in Hollywood. <laughs> Usually if you become yeah. a character actor, I, I guess you're, a, you know, that's a sign that you've made it, but you just never got your big break, I guess. You know what I'm saying? You never got that role that mm-hmm. you could just kind of, that defined you, so to speak, I guess, or made you a, took you to that next level, I guess. Uh, but solid performances all around with the entire cast. Uh, it, it, it's all, again, this movie, this is a sci-fi I mean, well, it's pretty, sci-fi is definitely the main genre by far. But, I mean, it's it's got elements of... Aesthetically, it tries to be Blade Runner in the first 15 minutes, which it fails at miserably. <laughs> however, however, it's B-movie Blade Runner, and I am here for it. It is great. It is fantastic. Like, Jesse, you commented, the shoulder pads are out of this yeah. world. Um it's uh, it's got a, it's got a, it tries to be Blade Runner aesthetically. It's got elements of Back to the Future. It takes, you know, he comes to the, he come for him coming to the past is coming to 1985, whereas Marty McFly was coming from 85 to 55. So while Marty McFly was going back in time, Jack Death was also coming back in time, but to where Marty was leaving from. Uh, in Los Angeles too. So I mean, you can actually say these movies are taking place concurrently. In fact, this is a great <laughs> double feature: Back to the Future and Trancers. You could even pretend to take. I don't. Even, I don't think. I don't think I mentioned a date or anything. But it. Well, no. It does take. Transfers is a Christmas movie because it takes place at Christmas, and there's a very specific uh, reason why yeah. it's a Christmas Christmas movie. Uh, Back to the Future takes place what October. So, you know, again, it's pretty close, but it's not exact. <laughs> uh, but hey, you know. I, oh no, I was gonna say they could have the Christmas stuff up that early, but not in, not in the eighties. We didn't have the Christmas stuff till up after Thanksgiving in the eighties. Uh, at by least the rules uh, back then. Yeah, <laughs> on some things at least, uh, but yeah. So it's you know you got elements of that. It's it's got Terminator in it. Uh, Quantum Leap. I mentioned earlier. It kind of has it's reminiscent of a TV show. It, I mean, it's got kind of elements of that. Even though this actually came out before Quantum Leap, so you can almost insinuate that Quantum Leap kind of took some of the ideas from this and made it a TV show. Uh, but again, the main thing to remember: this is a B movie. But I'm telling you, boys and girls and guys and gals and men and women and everybody in between, this is a fantastic B-movie. This is, the whole time I'm watching it, I have a smile on my face because you got, again, I can't stress this enough. The actors, when you know, when actors as a whole in a film know what they're doing, they all kind of understand the assignment to use 
words that the kids say all the time these days. Uh, it works. It works really good. <laughs> and this is a case of that. Uh, the effects are garbage in this movie, but they're garbage in a good way. You know, I mean, you can't look at Blade Runner and look at this and be like, wow, those are some good effects and transfers. <laughs> you just can't. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not it's not even the same sport, you know. Uh, but the uh, the the story of transfer, like I would I would love a, re a remake of transfers would be awesome. In fact, you know what? Get the rock. I want to see the rock as Jack Death. Being serious rock, like his serious rock from like Black Adam <laughs> in this movie, in this story as Jack Death. That would be fantastic. Uh, as long as, again, everybody, you, get, you surround him and get him to understand the assignment as well. And I think, I think you'd have a bona fide hit on your hands, uh, especially <laughs> since, you know, despite his damage control, Black Adam is in fact a flop <laughs> from what I'm seeing online and uh, all that kind of drama. But yeah, so the the and again the movie has good ideas like that. I'm surprised, you know, haven't been adapted or even ripped off like like uh, like well, Quantum Leap kind of did in a sense because when in this un in the Transfers universe, when you go back in time, it's because like you take this drug and like you get hooked up to this machine, and you go back to one of your ancestors. So like you're basically quantum leaping into one of your ancestors in the past, which a conveniently explains why the same actor can play the same character in the past in the future you know with just a little different hair color and everything uh you know, so that that kind of that works itself out for a b-movie plot um you got that and then like you know it's you know in the future the way they have some of the future stuff they have set up is really cool they the and tra the, the title comes from i should have said that or got to that i don't want to give too much away because i really this is look this is christmas time if you didn't get the 99 cent peacock deal, get it for five bucks. In fact, uh, I think the Royal Rumble, no, the Royal Rumble was like on my birthday. I was going to say you could get it on like before Christmas, get peacock before Christmas and your month would take you through to the Rumble, but the Rumble is after the 25th of January. So that's not going to work. But yeah, freebie or Tubi, uh, freebie, I think full moon features. If you got that streaming service, uh, or again, peacock, you can all watch trenches on it. This is a fun Christmas movie. Uh, highest possible recommendation. Like seriously, I can't say that enough, and I'm and probably, I'm going to say it five more times before the podcast is over. Um, <laughs> but it's it's just it's just, and again, it's 71 minutes. When I saw that time, when I when I like on the on the bar at the bottom of the screen, when I paused it, like to go grab some get a refill of my drink, I was like, wait, that's like that's nothing. And it's so hey, and again, in my opinion, as I've said numerous times on the podcast, most movies don't need to be over 90 minutes, and this movie. Was it's slick? It moves. It and it uh, it, it does that. Tell I, I've spoken out about the trope about the fish out of water kind of trope before. On, I know on certain episodes, uh, and that's usually the case in a movie where somebody from the future or the past comes to the you know goes forward in time or back in time. The way it's handled in this movie is actually really good. Like the humor in it of that uh, Tim Thomerson done as, does as Jack Death, like the little things, like because. He plays it well. Like you could tell like he kind of thought the nuances is what I'm getting at. And like, and that's one thing I think that separates a good actor from a bad actor, too, in a lot of things, is like the nuances of a character. Like he's from the past. He can't even open a drawer. He doesn't know what lotion is. He just squirts hand lotion on his hand and rubs it in his hair. And he's like, she's like, what are you doing? He's like, dry hairs for squibs. And it's just like, you know, it's like that doesn't make sense because yeah, he's from the past, he's from the future. Like this he doesn't know. Just like if we went back in time. To the, you know, just 50 years even, you know, yeah. and I'm, you know, it's, it'd be, it, it, we would be, we would be incredibly awkward despite being 
more evolved, so to speak. So, hmm. uh, but it's it's all those little things. And then transfers, I, I, I got sidetracked, but transfers are like people that Whistler kind of controls, uh, like through mind control and takes over their minds and all that. But then for some reason, the second that they're like, hey, you're a transfer, and then the camera cuts to them, they got like red around the eyes and they're foaming at the mouth oh, and they're blue the and they're, yeah. yeah they're crazy you know, oh you oh when you call me what i am i turn into it you know kind of thing uh which again it's fine it works all this all this ludicrous stuff that's in this pot of of stew that's called transfers works i cannot speak for the five yes five sequels that follow this movie as to how well they do but i'll tell you right now i'm gonna watch them as long as Phil uh, Tim Thomerson's in it, I'm I'm going to watch all the Transfers movies. That's how that's how much fun and how exciting this film was. And then some of the other ideas in it are great. Like it's almost got uh, uh, the Matrix. It has like you know you, um, the Wachowski siblings had to have seen this movie. Uh, they have uh, in in terms of possibly and in even inspiring Bullet Time. And I'm not even joking. There's a uh, one of the tools that he has is a watch that gives him what they call the long second. Which, excuse me, it, it extends one second into ten, but it only has one charge, so you can only use it once. Which is, I think that's a, that's a cool idea. Like that's okay, and of course you know that's gonna come in handy. You know, it's it's the Chekhov's gun thing. Like he's okay. There's gonna be a moment where he's gonna have to do that, and you, you're all, you're expecting it through the movie. Uh, and actually, even though it only has one charge, they cleverly figure out for him a way for him to do it twice. But anyway. But every the times that he uses the long second, one of them's like ninety seconds long. <laughs> uh, that's honest. Honestly, my only complaint with this movie is that he could have won when he used it the first time. It could have been over. And again, yes, I know when that happens, that means well, then you don't have the rest of the movie. I understand that. The bad thing is, <laughs> Helen Hunt's like, why didn't you just kill the guy when you were doing that? And he's like, well, then you would have died. Not really, because <laughs> the way it's shot, at least, he could have done both. Uh, but again, that, that's part of the charm of it. This film is like, that's a, that's a good way to describe this. The film's charming. <laughs> it's like, it's uh, it's just so over the top, but it's done, it's done for what it is, for being a cheaply made, cheesy B-movie, it is done so well for what it is. And that just carries through uh, to me, at least, and in my opinion, an incredibly enjoyable movie. So, again, if you have not seen Trancers, uh, every year I always, always kind of do some research online, like you know, Christmas movies that people don't, you know, least appreciate Christmas movies. I try to find them, some new ones every year. And every year that list gets a lot shorter <laughs> uh, because, you know, you, you kind of, there's only so many of them, period, bottom line, you know. So, uh, but this one, I will be watching Trancers every year for Christmas. Uh, no, it, again, it's Christmas because I don't want to spoil what you will know when you watch it, you will, you will see why it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> it does take place at Christmas, but oh, well, because uh, look, if you don't think Die Hard's a Christmas movie, uh, you don't need to post about it online. All you big budget sites, you know, which are clickbait. Oh, Die Hard finally confirmed to be a Christmas movie, and then next year, Die Hard confirmed not to be a Christmas movie by Star Bruce. Like it doesn't matter. Your everybody's criteria for a Christmas movie is their own. <laughs> you know, for me, Lord of the Rings trilogy is a Christmas movie. Why? They have nothing to do with Christmas. They, take place, they don't even take place here. They take place on Middle Earth. But why? Because every year for three years in a row, 
around Christmas time, Peter Jackson gave us the greatest gift that he could ever give, and that was the original Lord of the Rings trilogy every year in December. Bottom line, Lord of the Rings, Christmas movies. Mm -hmm. Christmas Day in my house, so we start with Fellowship and just let it play in the background all day. Uh, all, the, all three of them. Extended, by the way. Oh, and uh, just heads up, uh, if you see the extended edition of Lord of the Rings 4K on sale at Amazon, uh, don't think you can get it and get rid of your old DVD extended editions or Blu-ray extended editions. They The 4K set does not have any of the special feature stuff that the wow. OG Blu-ray set has. So, you know, if you're looking to upgrade, yeah, you're upgrading the the movies, but all the other stuff, you're still going to have to keep your other... You know, you can't get rid of the set, the old set. I like to do that. Like, if a new set comes out and it's got the stuff the old set had, but it's in 4K or whatever, yeah, let me upgrade. Done it 50 million times with Halloween and 100 times with Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> you know, but just a heads up, because I almost fell for it last year on Black Friday, on or Prime Day, or, or it was Black Friday, it was like it was Lord of the Rings 4K extended like you know half off. I'm like, oh shit, add the cart. And then I was like, re the reviews are like four stars out of five. I'm like, well, why the hell is Lord of the Rings not five stars? And reading the reviews, like, oh, you know, oh, somebody, some some audio file was like, oh, the sounds off on my disc. Like, oh, that's a you know, they'll replace that. And it's like, oh, special features not included. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Because anybody, if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, you should know that those DVDs back in the day were like you had the two discs of the movies and you had two more discs full of the special features and all that stuff was incredibly valuable as a uh, not just a fan of the film but just you know collecting and in general of that and just all that incredibly you know special features used to be awesome like uh, I think with the, I think streaming really kind of killed a lot of special features because uh, I mean I used to buy every Tuesday was new movie day when I go to Best Buy you know I come home with two or three Blu-rays a week. Uh, again, movies that I want to see again, obviously, or even some that I just like, but I wanted to hear the commentary. I wanted, you know, the the behind, I wanted to see the behind the scenes stuff, all that kind of stuff. Uh, nowadays, with streaming, like I don't understand why on all these streaming services they don't have the options because all these commentaries exist. Like when you go on Netflix and if you pick Trancers on Peacock, well, it should have the movie and then it should have extras. And you go to the extras and you go, oh, theatrical trailer, audio commentary with director Charles Band. Why is this not a thing on all these major streaming services? That would be a huge, huge uh, advantage to them, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and but it's it's not. It's you know you, you got to keep your physical media. Uh, also for licensing because transfers might not be on Peacock next year for Christmas, so <laughs> I might need to you know get my physical copy on to watch it every year. Where was I? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, bottom line. This movie is great. Uh, it it pays homage to what came before and runs with some ideas of what came before and is obviously influenced by what came before. But I really think there is a lot of stuff that this movie either, you know, either it was just became the consciousness or, you know, was influenced something else that influenced something else, et cetera, et cetera. But this movie, I'm telling everybody within the sound of my voice right now, this movie is fun. Uh... What was that last movie that I was really like hyped on that came out that I was like blown away by that we did on the podcast? I think it was last week, right? What was last week? <laughs> <laughs> last week was uh, you know, Return the Killer Tomatoes. Yeah, that's what was Return to Kill. Well, you had always been hyped Hank, on that one though. Yeah, there was Thanksgiving before that. There was some movie like not recently that we did that I was like blew me away, having never seen it before. 
I'm just drawing a blank. The second we see it, I'm going to remember it. Dragnet? Mazes and monsters. Um, no, no. No, uh, no, it was waxwork. It was waxwork. Wax waxwork. Work. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, you know, if I, like, uh, of course, you know, next month after the holidays, as part of the Back to the Future segment, we'll do our 10 favorite movies of the year. Uh, but if I did a, li- like, the movies that, if you go, I know our uh, our friend Ben Wyatt does, uh, like, back when he, he used to do his podcast, he would give his movies of the year, but he would do it, movies that he saw this year, irregardless, even though it's not a real word, although it's kind of technically now a real word, uh, in the dictionary, at least. <laughs> uh, but he would do it, if whatever, it didn't matter when it came out, if he saw it this year, it was eligible for it. If I did a 10 best movies of this year, Waxwork and Transfers would be on it, because that's how much I enjoy these two movies. Uh, in terms of just, you know, I like to always reference uh, good old uh, Game Pro magazine from back in the day. They had that Fun Factor score. Transfers, 5.0 on the Fun Factor. Uh, 100%. Uh, we'll get to the actual numerical one in just a minute. Uh, not too much behind-the-scenes stuff on this, but I can tell you that Jack Death's car... Actually, let me pause for just one second. Jesse, <laughs> have you ever seen Transfers? No, I haven't. (laughs) Shocker, right? Yeah, that's why I just (laughs) steamrolled straight to trivia. But I just wanted to backtrack in case someone's like, hey, you didn't ask Jesse. Yeah. But uh, anyway. Format here. (laughs) (laughs) And I, hey, but we we have a format, but we play fast and loose with it. Anyway. Uh, but his car is a 1955 Mercury Montclair that was heavily modified by Gene Winfield. Now, Gene Winfield is the guy who built the spinners and the full-size cars in Blade Runner. So there's automatic, you know, they're not hiding it, you know, and, and that's fine. Like, you know, if, if, you're, if you're ripping something off or, or aesthetically influenced by something and you're not denying it, fine, that, that's fine. You know, but it's, it's when people are like, no, I, I've never seen Blade Runner when I made my movie. Nobody's doing that in this. But uh, that's when it's an issue. But uh, you know, obviously, Charles Ben saw it. He's like, "Hey, I want this is how the future. I want to look at the future looking transfers." And he got the guy to do the vehicles, and it works. Uh, screen legend Betty Davis was actually considered for the role of Chairman Ash, but was unavailable for the part. Uh, and at the time of the transfers release, one of the marketing assistants who had just started working for Empire International Pictures was none other than future actor Greg Kinnear. Of uh, Little Miss Sunshine and um, Mystery Men. Uh, so I always think of him when I see Greg Kinnear. Uh, and it, this <laughs> was his first film that he was. Character. Oh, what was that? The Superman like character in Mystery Men. Oh, Man. yeah. Uh, Captain Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another underrated movie that is absolutely fantastic Mystery Men. Uh, yeah. That's it's so a, funny. It just came, like, we just had a. Uh, I do the board game show. We just talked about it on Monday on the, on the stream. Oh, really? Seriously? Yeah. How, oh, okay, how did it come up? How did it come up? I'm curious. I'm gonna, I'll uh, go watch it after this. We're playing a game called Wavelength, and in the game, you have a card that says, for example, and this particular one was, best superpower, worst superpower, and someone has to think of like a scale of 1 to 10. There's a secret number. Let's say it's 4, and they have to think of a power to get, make the other players guess that that number would be 4. Did somebody pick the spleen as the worst one? No, no, no. They just made up a power. I think it was like... Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was like some weak power, and we guessed that, oh, okay, it's probably like a 2 out of 10, and we were pretty close to that. But then we gotcha. started talking about mystery men while that person was thinking about it, <laughs> and started recalling scenes okay. like, 
like Invisible Boy, Kel. Like he can only go yeah. invisible as long as no one's looking. If at nobody's him. looking. <laughs> the movie's genius. Mystery Man is a like if it would have came out uh, pre Endgame, yeah, everybody would have seen it. It came out when nobody gave a shit about superhero movies and because the only ones you had by comparison, I believe. Yeah, I mean, it was. I saw it. I skipped. I skipped my geology. I, I think I mentioned before on the podcast. Uh, I, I hated my geology class in college. I skipped it to go see Mystery Men one day. I just, I'm, I'm done for the day. I want to go see Mystery Men, and it was obviously the much better choice was to go see Mystery Men for me. <laughs> yeah. uh, but like that movie is criminally underrated, and the cast is phenomenal. William H Macy, Jeffrey Rush, Greg Kinnear, Ben Stiller, uh, oh, what's the the singer? Uh, Tom Waits. Cal, yep. you know, I don't care for good burger, good burger, good burger. You know, I was not at that. You know, I was at an age where that was. I was like, that's kid shit. You know, I was at that point in my life where I was like, I don't watch that kiddie crap. That's a dumb show. Yeah. He's great in that movie. Uh, Paul <laughs> Rubens is great in the movie. And then uh, yeah. I forget the actress's name, but I can see her face because she's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, Claire for for Fiani or Filani. She was the the girl in Mallrats. <laughs> as well uh claire some it's like claire florani i can't i can't i'm gonna mispronounce her last name uh but if you haven't seen mystery men i've just given you a christmas present of one of the f- most underrated funniest movies i've ever seen like le- oh, west studi okay west west studi's in it as the sphinx oh my god the greatest superhero in film history <laughs> is the sphinx uh, oh yeah yeah, yeah, Eddie Izzard as uh, the uh, Tony P, and then what's the uh, Tony C? Yeah, the movie's great. Like, again, if you very, have not uh, seen Mystery Men, you Mystery have to Rush. see this movie. Oh my God, wow. it's so great! I want to go. I, like, I'm, yeah, I want to go watch it now after the podcast because <laughs> I, I, I don't think I've seen it in a while. You know, it's but uh, I could, it's one of those I could put on, and the second like they start saying stuff, I'm like back in it, like quoting it. Like I haven't seen. Like, I just watched it. Day before yesterday, and the so, director uh, only made like that movie and not much else. Yeah, he was like, I remember, like, yeah, like, he's a. Uh, the only thing I know about the the director is he's a tattoo of scrambled eggs on his arm, because I read an interview <laughs> with him when the movie came out. Like, like, oh, the, like I look because it's and because Mystery Men bombed, he never got to, or he just decided not to direct anything because he only did like Volvo commercials. Car commercials, yeah. But uh, and, and one of not even till like eight years after Mystery Men. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it's a well-directed movie. It, it, it's got a good look, you know. That, it's one of those things where you got a lot of good actors who, at the time, were you know, uh, I mean, West Studi and William H Macy and Ben Stiller were, you know, bottom A tier at that point. I would say, not where they're at today. Uh, I mean, West Studi's always been a phenomenal actor, though. Uh, uh, since last time he you know, since he started and he's an underrated actor um but yeah, yeah Mystery he's Man just is the director just... of commercials now because i was like what happens to people like that whenever they just disappear completely yeah but yeah he just it's a shame commercials that's it that movie deserves like way more praise for what it is and again it just it was it was ahead of its time it was legitimately ahead yeah. of its time uh i you think know, we also just... said the same thing on the stream <laughs> it's like it came out too too early <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah. 
Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And I mean, Jeffrey Rush as the villain is in like it, all those all those tropes. It it parodied the Marvel universe and all like all oh, the super movies yeah. before they even came out. I forgot because he wore all those knew, like ads on his on his shirt. Yeah, it, it knew it. It knew what would happen. Yeah. That's the genius of the movie, and it's it. God, it's a, it, it is like. And a lot of people will throw that around for like movies that people are, oh, it's it's a cult classic. It's criminally underrated. Like, I, I'll, I'm probably guilty of that too about some things. I'm not going to lie, but I can tell you now, Mystery Men is both of those. It is criminally underrated, mm-hmm. and it is it's it it is it deserves so much more. And again, like everybody, the, no, sorry, Jesse, go ahead. I was going to say the superhero version of the replacements. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> part, boom, yeah, exactly. You know. What, the replacements, one of the best sports movies ever made, <laughs> as well, uh, with good old Keanu, and especially if you're watching uh, what you call it, uh, House of the Dragon, The Hand, Rice Evans, as the uh, beer drinking, smoking, chain smoking uh, <laughs> kicker in the replacements. So yeah, like that's a, that's an ex- excellent way to put it. Like it, it, it literally is. But and much, but much like tran- and this is relevant to transers, because Mystery Men, it's over the top, it's surreal humor, it's kooky, but every every I mean, again, I, we listed the cast, they all understood what the movie was and what the the vision of it was. It's on Peacock. I mean, William H Macy, you know, legendary act, you know, a, a very highly regarded actor, you know, gives the line, "I shovel Marge, I shovel good." And he does it with gravitas and character to where you believe it, that he is the shoveler. And he will shovel his ass off. It's great. Like, seriously, like, this just became the Mystery Men podcast. But, uh, no, legitimately, though, I don't even know how we got on that. But <laughs> God, that movie's great. Uh, where was? Oh, because Greg Kinnear. Anyway, right, to right. finish that little tidbit of trivia, Transfers was the first film that he worked on to help promote it for the studio. And 13 years later, he became a full-time actor and would co-star with Helen Hunt in As Good As It Gets, which Hunt won the Best Actress Oscar, f- Asker. <laughs> Best Actress Oscar for, and Kinnear was nominated for Best Supporting Actor Oscar. But they have the tie of Trancers, so that's, that's crazy. Uh, Biff Maynard, one of the, he was one of the, the descendants of one of the council in the film. Uh, he was actually drunk while playing Hap Ashby, and Tim Thomerson, Jack Death himself, had to pretty much manhandle him because he had no idea what he was supposed to be doing <laughs> or where to go. What a professional. Uh, I tease. But uh, in 2018, there was a music video for the song Scary Love by The Neighborhood. Uh, it, the, mu- the music video is an homage to the opening diner scene of Trancers. I haven't watched it yet, but get this. The Jack Death character in the music video is played by Tommy Wiseau. So it's automatically a must-see now. Uh, Now, when the movie came out, again, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, uh, IMDb gives it a six. You know, that's kind of in hindsight. That's IMDb scores. But when it came out, it got, it has 88% critics, which for a movie of this caliber, of like, of this level, a B movie, that's impressive. Incredibly impressive, if you ask me. I see a little thumbnail up there. <laughs> uh, but 53% audience. I don't understand that part because it, 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 if I had to guess, if you, if you, if you uh, the Rotten Tomato scores, one of them is 88, one of them is 53, which is which? I would have guessed 88% has to be audience because I don't see how critics would like you know a B-movie like this. Wrong. So, 
So visual <laughs> reference on a <clears throat> audio podcast. This is in 1080. <laughs> I had to check my resolution. This the name of oh, wow. Scary Love. I was like, this is what they should do for B movies today. It's because yeah, we talked about it's that earlier. So yeah. sharp looking, it looks bad. But this this feels like okay. I know what I'm in for. We know what we're here for. This looks like yeah. garbage. You <laughs> <laughs> laugh at it. Exactly. It, it automatic. Exactly. It tells you. It's it's a film technique. It mm-hmm. tells you everything you need to know. Like about it, it, it puts you in the mood. I mean, it's just as important as you know Polanski filming an angle with a doorway in the way, and people in the theater lean their heads to the right, thinking they can see past the doorway. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a technique that is underused, and you know because people are like, oh, I got my four K, eight K, twenty five K television, whatever it is, you know, and I got to see every little you know blackhead on Tommy Wiseau's nose or whatever. Like, no, like. You know, you like that's why I I still have my Friday the Thirteenth DVDs, the DVDs, not the mm-hmm. Blu-ray. I got the Blu-ray set, but I was I kept the DVDs because there's something about watching that old stuff with you know that little bit of blurriness that you know where it's not high res. We talked about it before, especially with older movies from the movies that we talk about on this podcast. Some of them look better that way because you know when you watch Superman three or four. You see the wires and, and when you watch the Blu-rays. There is no disguising it. You see them because it is 1080p. When you're watching it in 480, however, that interlacing and all that stuff, if you're watching the interlace, not the progressive, it it the illusion's there. You know, it doesn't take you out of it. You know, and of course, we all, yes, I know Superman isn't real. I know it's a movie, but it's about, you know, the entertainment and joy of watching it. That gun looks like a laser tag gun from the 80s. <laughs> I swear, if they the show it again. Still talking about scary love video. It, that, <laughs> you, you know, that's, I mean, it looks just like it. I don't think it is, though, but it's definitely like patterned off of it or maybe a modified one. I don't know. But yeah, again, sorry. We, we, have, we, have, we do it every episode. Visual reference on audio podcasts. It's, it's, yeah. it's, that's a it's trademark. to help you find new things to watch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But uh, speaking about the critics and you know what other peers said in the industry, Neil Gaiman, uh, you know, well-known author, Sandman. Uh, what's, well, the Sandman Netflix series was the recent thing that he's uh, right. Was, uh, American Gods, uh, Norse mythology, uh, this, of course, the Sandman comics and all that universe for DC and Vertigo. He reviewed Transfers when it came out for Imagine Magazine and stated that quote, "It's a funny comic book and fun. I enjoyed it immensely." Exactly. This, you know, Transfers is never going to win an award. Like, I mean, like a, a prestigious award, I should say, you know, like a, an Oscar or anything like that. But it is immensely, to quote Neil Gaiman, mm-hmm. enjoyable. Uh, James Cameron, Avatar's hitting theaters uh, Friday, Avatar 2. Uh, it's got some good buzz, but it's got to make like $2 billion to break even. So <laughs> we'll see if that happens. Uh, I'm placing my bet that it's going to fall short, but. Um, for posterity, I might, I mean, we'll see if that magic still holds. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't. I'm not excited for it, but yeah. I'm going to see it in a theater. You know, like that's what that's that's what, what, that's what every do. yeah every every <laughs> every review everything is saying like you know oh it, it reinvigorates that you know in the theater this movie was amazing like okay yeah obviously I want to see it in a theater and not on streaming, but I'm not excited for it. You know, it's just like. If if it never existed, now this is I'm saying this going into it, you know. If it never existed, you know, I wouldn't care. Like it, it, the first Avatar is fine, it's great. The last forty minutes are fantastic. 
like Titanic. <laughs> I don't need to watch. I don't need a sequel. Uh, but again, that's just me. But we'll see. You know, Cameron. Uh, that's a name. That's quite a name, and that has a lot of, uh, of stuff to it. Uh, you know, in terms of the film world, I mean, Terminator Two, The Abyss, uh, Piranha Two, The Spawning. <laughs> uh, you know, but I mean, James Cameron is an amazing filmmaker. So we'll see. We'll have to, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But he enjoyed the film so much and actually recommended the writers Danny Bilson and Paul DeMeo for other projects. Now, Cameron, won't you? Uh, after Avatar Twenty Seven, if you can get that out faster than the next sequel. No, the, the gap between one and two. Maybe you could do the Transfers remake. Transfers directed by James Cameron, starring The Rock. Well, Elon's not the richest man in the world now, so whoever's the richest man in the world is, we need more money for a budget for this movie because we got to get James Cameron on board now for the Transfers remake. But yeah, speaking of sequels, it received a direct-to-video sequel in 91 titled Transfers 2, The Return of Jack Death. Love that title. Additionally, you had Transfer City of Los Angeles, which was shot between the first and second. The 20-minute short was a part of an unreleased 88 anthology called Pulse Pounders, but was eventually released separately on DVD in 2013. And it has started a franchise that has grown to six main films. Score-wise, I give it an eight. Uh, and again, I'm, <laughs> like I said, this was the last couple of movies. Like, I'm trying not to write every movie I do like somewhere between seven and ten on this podcast. But I... Through no, honestly, I've never seen this. No fault of my own. I just happened to pick a movie that was really fucking good. <laughs> so <laughs> you can't fault me for that. But in the real world, this movie came out May 22nd, 1985. Uh, the day after, I'm sorry, uh, not the day after, excuse me. About six days before we lost an icon. Uh, Margaret Hamilton herself, the Wicked Witch, passed away. She was born in 1902. Died in uh, May 16th, 1985, unfortunately. And the day after, uh, U.S. engineer Thomas Patrick Cavanaugh was sentenced to life in prison for attempting to sell the stealth bomber secrets to the Soviet Union, who we have such good relationships with now today. Uh, Wink, wink, ha ha. Uh, And then, uh, you know, like, as they say in Sin City, an old man dies, a young girl lives, or something to that effect. But in this case, an old woman passed away and a young boy was born. And that boy, born on May 25th, 1985, is the current WWE undisputed champion, Roman Reigns. Born, I'm going to massacre this, so please forgive me, uh, any Pacific Islander listeners, for my mispronunciation. Uh, Letai Joseph Anoy? Anoy? I know I'm getting it wrong. I I got a little bit of a cold there, so... I'm not blaming I've heard the cold. Him say it before and I forgot. Oh yeah, just yeah, blame exactly. it on the cold and then we don't have to say it. There you go. That works fine for me. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. Roman Reigns was born May twenty fifth, nineteen eighty five. So I'm only five years older than him. And look what he's done. And look what I've done. He's been champion for <laughs> what four hundred and something days or something. Yeah, I've been something up on a absurd. podcast for two hundred plus episodes, <laughs> two hundred and sixty episodes. He'll catch up. He'll catch up. Yeah, he'll get. He'll get there eventually. Get there. We believe in him. <laughs> Yep. I've come around on him, though. Like, uh, I didn't like him at first when he came out to do the, the five minutes of wrestling talk that we <laughs> sometimes yeah. do. Because when, when he kept being pushed, like, pushed to be the like the guy, the guy, it's like, it's not working. It's not working. But they he got there. He absolutely got there. So <laughs> uh, I guess Vince was right about him, but it was just the wrong time, yeah. at least. But, hey, he made, he made it. So And he's kicking ass and taking names, although... We'll see what happens at WrestleMania when 
Supposedly the rock comes back. We'll see. All that's fluid and always changes in the world of WWE, especially with Triple H in the lead now. Although latest news reports is Vince wants back. It's like, no, no. No, you're done. Don't come back. Please. Why? But anyway, uh, back to the future this week. I haven't seen much except, you know, it's Christmas time. I've been watching, you know, the Christmas staples. You know, uh, Ernest Says Christmas, Elf, Scrooge, all that kind of stuff. Muppet Christmas Carol. However, uh, I think we talked, I mentioned it last week, or that I had seen it yet. Uh, but I have, I'm up to date on, there's another episode hitting tonight, uh, of the Willow Disney Plus show. And hmm. um, how can I put awesome, this right? politely? Uh, the not uh, is it too short? It's it's fucking garbage. Oh. It is terrible. Um, it there there's so much so you're wrong. Saying with you it. don't like it? <laughs> no, I love it. Yeah, yeah, of course. It, it's, <laughs> it is it is the biggest. I'm not saying this to be funny. Like this is leg, this is my legit critique of it. Now, let's be fair. We're three episodes in. I, I assuming there's got to be nine or ten, so we're not even halfway through it yet. So there is a chance in hell that it could completely turn around, and I mean, like, I'm talking from the ground up turnaround. Like Willow wakes up, and the first three episodes were a dream, and then the actual <laughs> show starts. Um, but now, and if you've listened, to, if you've you know, if, if you're a new listener and you haven't listened to all the old episodes, I know some of the audio is a lot. You know, not quite as good in a lot of those old ones. Willow was one of our earliest episodes. Uh, it was our former co-host Daniel's favorite movie. One of my favorite movies. I saw Willow in the theater. Not that that makes me better than anybody. I'm just giving that for context. And coming out of the theater, it was instantly one of my favorite movies as a kid. Instantly. Uh... The copy I had on v- the copy we had on VHS was uh, back in the day for all you youngins, uh, video stores. You know they would have to pay like eighty or ninety hundred plus bucks for their copies of VHS movies to then rent out to recoup their money, and then you know they might get ten copies of Willow because they knew they'd rent them out. But then you know a few months later, everybody's seen it. Then they set they would sell those older copies, you know, for like twenty thirty bucks. Mm-hmm. I like every time we would go to the video store once like we always go on Fridays usually first thing when they open to get the new releases before anybody else did on those blue boxes at the local movie land video in Walker Louisiana but uh it was like mom like every time we go hey when are y'all gonna sell the willow like when are y'all gonna sell a copy of willow like oh well, we don't know yet you know like 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 you know mom tell them like they gotta hold a copy for us <laughs> thankfully <laughs> they did so like the first VHS copy I had of willow was like one that I mean, I annoyed the piss out of the video clerks for like, like when you get one, please call us. We'll come pick. And they called and said, "Hey, we're selling Willow. We got a copy for you." My mom took me up there and bought it, and went home and wore the tape out. Uh, had it on DVD, got it on Blu-ray. You know, eventually I'll get it on 4K when it com- you know comes out on 4K. If it's not already out, and I just missed it. Uh, you know, and Ma- uh, the character of Mad Mardigan as a kid for me was one is one of my childhood icons. Like, he was badass. He was the greatest swordsman who ever lived. He had long hair. He looked cool. And he got Sorsha. Mentioned before, as a kid, Sorsha was one of my, you know, earliest love affairs. As a kid, like, wow, she's beautiful. You know, as a, when, you're, when you're a young kid, you know, you, you have those, those crushes when you're young. And she was one of my first crushes. 
you know, Willow, the movie Willow, it, it's it was medieval Star Wars. It was Lord of the Rings and Star Wars mixed together perfectly. Uh, I mean, the, the first movie is still great. Uh, the book series that came out years later, written by George Lucas and Chris Claremont, yes, X-Men, Marvel's X-Men scribe Chris Claremont, who wrote some of the greatest X-Men stories ever, wrote a three-book trilogy, which I only got the first two books. I've been The third book is apparently the rarest and hardest to find. I've never been able to finish it because I can't find the third book for cheap. Uh, I'm trying to find the hardcover. I got the first two in hardcover. I want the third one in hardcover. Uh, the books are not great. They're barely good. Um, but this show is absolute trash. Absolute trash. It is compa- It is to Willow what Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is to Indiana Jones. It is garbage. Now, uh, they got Joanne Wally back. They got Warwick Davis back. You know, unfortunately, they drugged their goddamn feet so long that Val Kilmer can't come back because of, you know, obviously his health issues. Although his son does do some voiceover for him, which is is great. You know, there's like a representation there. But I mean, they write him out the show. Like, I mean, Top Gun brought Iceman back beautifully. And I, again, the show's not over yet. Maybe Kilmer does show up. I don't know. I would hope at least something, uh, you know, other than just, oh, like he, I mean, in the sh- it's three episodes in. It's once a week. A new episode comes on tonight. Uh... And it's just, oh, there, there's so much wrong with it. The writing is pedantic, and everybody, oh, the writing, like, I mean, it, it, this is a this is a show where we're watching it, and someone's like, oh, you've come back, and I look over to Autumn, and I go to die, and then I look back at the TV, and then it shows the other character to die. It's like you can, it's <laughs> the dialogue is is elementary. The, it's basic. Okay, does everybody remember that Dungeons and Dragons movie that came out in like? The late 90s. I think it was late 90s, early 2000s with uh, the kid from uh, Lois and Clark. And uh, Richard O'Brien was in it. What was that? One of the Wayans brothers. Yeah, yeah. Marlon Wayans was in it. <laughs> now, now that movie was terrible. However, it was, it, to me, the, that, that Dungeons and Dragons movie is so bad, it's good. Like, it, I, I, mm-hmm. I, it's so bad, I, I'm entertained by it. You know, it's one of those movies for me. This Willow show... I will never, ever watch it again. I, my daughter, if she grows up loving Willow, like if Willow's her favorite movie, I will hide this from her, its existence. This show is so bad. Um, let me, let me, I guess I keep saying it, let me explain it because, you know, anybody can say something's bad. The writing is terrible. Uh, half of the actors are pretty good. I like to where I, they're good actors, but they're given, they're, they're good actors giving bad dialogue. Uh, the redheaded girl from Falcon and Winter Soldier and at the end of Solo. I guess she's a Disney uh, employee now, basically. Uh, Aaron, I think Aaron something, or I can't think of her Aaron name. Kellyman. Yeah, that's it. Uh, she's. I think she's a really great actress. She's, she's good in it. Uh, her character is probably one of the few that actually has a point. Uh, and there's this big guy, uh, Borman, I think might be his name in the show. I, I can't remember half their names because it's, 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 I'm that disinterested in it. It's, this show is bad. Like the show is so bad. Like I'm, I'm not joking. Uh, yeah, Borman, uh, the guy that plays Flash Thompson's in it from the Spider-Man movies playing the exact same character as Flash. Like the, the poor guy's typecast. He plays that same character. 
and he's only like you know twenty something years old, poor guy. Hmm. Um, uh, Warwick Davis, you know he's back, and you know in Willow, <sighs> Warwick Davis is not a bad actor, but he's not a good enough actor to lead this series. Uh, and I say that, you know, it hurts me to say that. Uh, even with these bad actors, he can't save it. That, and honestly, that, actually, I kind of explained it right there. The acting is so bad, not not the the two points I've already mentioned. Uh, Borman's character and then uh, Aaron, whatever her name was, <laughs> Kellyman. Uh, those are the only two characters I care about, uh, to be honest. But it's... Um, like Warwick Davis, like he was great in the OG Willow, but that was he he was a he was a leading man for the first time. So and then in the in the movie Willow, he's le- you know, he's gotta be this small town, you know, this humble farmer that can save the world. So that you know, real aspect of him being a, a leading man as a as a little person in a film combined with the story of the character really gives really helps the original movie Willow. Uh, he was great in Leprechaun. He improvised a lot in Leprechaun. Like, Leprechaun's probably his best acting he's ever done, uh, to be honest. And that's that's not a that's not a slight, that's not a shade, like, because a lot of stuff in Leprechaun, he improvised and rolled with, and it's re- he's great in it. I mean, there's like 20 sequels to Leprechaun. <laughs> so, so prove me wrong. But he's not good in this. And, it's a, and, a, and I think, it, and I will say it's not his fault, I really the writing is really really bad in this in this show. Like I'm, it's it. When I say bad, it's just it's like it was just they took the idea, and then they had like a kid write it. Now, full disclosure, this show is clearly meant for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like um, it's like a show that would come on you know, after X-Men, the animated series on Saturdays, like after Power Rangers. Yeah. It's that like, with but with really good production value. <laughs> uh, and and it, it's so crazy because, you know, Willow is an 80s kids movie. The th- this show was not made for people that liked the original movie. This show was meant to bring in for the parents of the OG movie to get their kids to watch it and to get their kids like in into it. Like, uh... I just, I, I can't, if you like the movie Willow, like if you love it, I mean, I genuinely love that movie. I had the figures, the little metal figures that couldn't even pose. They were crappy figures. Uh, you know, like I legitimately love the movie. Like it's a, it's a, a vital part of who I am as a, in my film history. Uh, I cannot fathom somebody who loves the original movie liking this show as of three episodes in, to be perfectly honest with you. Hmm. And looking at the demographics, the highest rating is females, all ages. <laughs> uh, females 45 and up. No, I'm sorry, uh, 30 to 44. So right in my age group. Girl, girls that grew up with it love it or uh, love the show. Boys that grew up with it, if we look at males, the highest rating is males under 18. And that Which is the is highest people, rating. <laughs> Uh well oh oh that's what the no okay but those thirty yeah. to forty four year olds and you know females six point six for males five point yeah it's it's I mean I would give it less than that. I'd give it a three um it's yeah. it's it's terrible like it like if if it was not called Willow I would I would 
I would be like, what is this? Like, every character in the show <laughs> has a color scheme and, like, a, a signature weapon. It's like a Final Fantasy Power party. Rangers. <laughs> Al- almost. And uh, speaking of the, the costumes. <laughs> but yeah, and even <laughs> no matter where they're at, he, uh, Rocky's always in red. Or I think, wasn't it Rocky? Or yeah, uh, so. always in red. Trini was always in yellow. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. Billy was always in blue, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but, um, it's here's, and this is what bug, one of the things that bugs me so much about it is that they've been, we're three episodes in, they've been on a quest for two episodes, like riding horses, walking through the forest, the rain, the mud. Every time it shows them their outfits are pristine. There is not a piece of lint, not a speck of dirt. It, like it look that, and it, it takes you out of it because they're so. These people haven't been camping and roughing it. Go watch, you know, rewatch Lord of the Rings. Like by God, by God, by God. You know, they like they haven't. Actually, I posted this on Facebook last night. Like, name a better film. Name a name a fantasy film since Return of the King that was worth a shit. Now, I didn't say film in my post. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I had to add an edit because uh, my our good friend Josh was like, "Well, Game of Thrones." I'm like, "Oh, you're absolutely right. You're a hundred percent right." I, sh- I meant film, <laughs> and then adding that caveat, uh, the only move fantasy movie that comes to mind that was good was The Green Knight. However, I'm not going to watch that movie again. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've watched Return of the King twenty times. I've watched Willow legitimately probably. Almost a hundred times over the course of my life, you know, people throw out like, "Oh, I've watched it at least hundred times." Like, no, honestly, nobody's probably watched any movie legitimately a hundred times, <laughs> most likely. Uh, very few. If you, if you honestly have the numbers there, I would say. Of course, we can't measure that metric, but anyway. But this show is like, if you haven't started it yet, wait till it's over, and then just binge as far as much as you can take. Once it's over, I'll report back. But see, look, see that picture right there, Jesse? Mm-hmm. They've been camping for three, like, for a week in the woods. And they are clean. There's not mud on their armor. I was They're... saying, yeah, I was looking at a picture earlier of them, like, coming out of a lake or something. So their hair's wet, but their clothes are just fine. <laughs> yeah. It looks and, like they're coming out a... of a lake. I don't know if they are, but. I think it was raining or something. Or maybe they were white. I can't well, remember. Again, like, I'm on my phone. I'm on my phone half of this show. Like, it's it's so boring. It's just... And, like, they try to, like, oh, you're Laura Dan, and it's like, duh. It's so... It's it's so predictable. It's... Again, it's a... It's definitely geared towards kids, but there are kid shows that appeal to adults, too. You know? This show should appeal to people that love the original because that's the whole... That's the IP. The IP is the original show. This show is garbage. Hot Garbage. Uh, you know, and it's a sh- it's a shame for the the talented people that are involved that are talented. Uh, uh, the, uh I'm sorry, Matt Morgan has twins. This is in the first episode, and his daughter in the show, like, I'm sure she's probably not a bad actress, but it's one of the worst written characters in any TV show I've ever seen. Just terrible, like she's insufferable. I want her to die. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying that's to be sexist or chauvinist. This character in this show is unbearably annoying <laughs> unbearably just like it's like oh my god and Willow himself is so is just like his dialogue is so bad 
Here's here's a, oh here's a great example of the writing in episode three last night. They're like, where do we go? Where could they have taken him? Five minutes later, Willow's like, ah! And he grabs his head, and he has a vision of Nokmar, and he's like, I know where they're taking him. It's like, wow, lazy riding 101. <laughs> it's just... And again, I'm harping on this long, a long time to where my voice is going hoarse, because, like, on this, as far as this podcast goes, Willow is one of the sacred films <laughs> of this podcast, because uh, when me and Daniel started, it was one of the first movies we did, and it was... It's one of both of our favorite movies of all time. I mean, when it comes to fantasy movies, you got Lord of the Rings trilogy and you got Willow and Legend uh, off the top of my head. You know, it's three of the most iconic fantasy films ever made. And this show, I mean, uh, the Willow TV show, again, the best thing I can say is akin to the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. What it is, that is to the Indiana Jones trilogy, this show is to the movie. Skip it. As of three episodes in, there is nothing of value in it. Oh, oh, and get, oh my God, this is so terrible. (laughs) At the end of every episode, this is a fantasy show. Let me take a sip of water. (laughs) Before I unleash hell. (laughs) On my signal, unleash hell. (laughs) This is a fantasy show. Uh, You know, and and, um, speaking of Indiana Jones, in the new trailer for Indiana Jones 5, Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dial of Destiny, which I mean, oh, that's what a silly title! No, that's an Indiana Jones kind of title. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I'm cool with the title. You know, uh, like the, the the trailer got me. It got me when the theme kicks in. They did it right. You know, uh, it pulls the nostalgic strings in the trailer. I mean, I'm gonna see it regardless. I mean, it doesn't matter. In, you know, hundred uh, percent. I don't. Know, my hopes are at the bottom of the barrel. My, you know, but. I'm going to see it, hundred percent. I mean, again, it, it can't get any worse, right? <laughs> right, guys, it can't get any worse. Yeah. I mean, at least he's fighting. Well, he's fought Nazis in the last one again too. Uh, but you know, um, the the thing that gives me the most hope about this new one is that we got Spielberg's not directing it. We have the first. This will be the first Indiana Jones movie that Spielberg is not directing. Wow. So that kind of gives me some hope to where you know somebody outside the circle, so to speak is handling the creative reign and the visual reigns. And the cast is, you can't argue with the cast. Harrison Ford's back. You got Mads Mikkelsen, Antonio Banderas, and speaking of Lord of the Rings, John Reese davies is back as Sala. You know, so it's like that, that right? When the, when the theme kicks in, I mean, I'm, I'm like chills. I mean, it's like, yeah, like, yes, yes, yes. Like, oh, please. I'm just like, please be good. Please don't suck. Please don't suck. <laughs> no LaBeouf? Yeah. LaBeouf? LaBeouf. But, uh, but in Willow, they, they play the themes like at just random points where it doesn't have any impact. You know? It's, it, they waste the moment mm. in the movie, in, uh, in the Willow TV show. Because the Willow theme's iconic. It's a great theme. And they also have like, the, the slow Allure Danon theme. Like, I can't even duplicate that in mm. my voice because it wouldn't even sound like it, period. Uh, but they, it just, they, it's squat. It's so, it's just squandered. It's such a shame. We late, we waited this long for this piece of shit. <laughs> uh, but then at the end of the episodes, again, this is a fantasy series, but it's a Disney plus fantasy series harping mm. on nostalgic stuff. 
No, I, I, I love the credits at the end of The Mandalorian. I love the credits at the end of Book of Boba Fett. love the credits at the end of all the, the MCU shows. You know, the, whoever they got, the, the studio, whoever, whatever team does the credits for Disney and Marvel, they got some, they, they, those are the best people in the business for credits. Uh, but the music choice, it is modern music during the credits of Willow. Uh, this, this, I, I was dying laughing last night watching episode three. At the end of it, it's what kind of what I mentioned earlier. Willow has his vision that oh, they took her to, they took her to Nakma, you know, to conveniently get our heroes where they need to be without thinking it through and making something original. Uh, as he's walking over to look at Nakma, which it happens to be right there next to them the entire fucking time. Uh, guess what starts playing? Enter Uh-oh. Sandman. Not the Metallica version. A supermarket grade cover of Inner Sandman starts playing. It is, I'm just like, I'm just, I'm laughing watching it live and I feel my heart die. Just like, this, this is acceptable. This is acceptable in this day and age that this is happening. Anyway, okay, that's enough. That's enough. Sorry. It's it's garbage. Don't watch it. Like, legit, don't watch it. I'm just I'm, I'm pissed off now. I gotta go watch Mystery Men and get in a good mood. <laughs> Any anyway, Jesse, have you seen or watched or heard or played anything uh, since we talked last of note? Nah, I avoided everything. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> you ain't missing nothing. You ain't missing nothing. But uh, we did get an email from our good friend across the pond, as we say here. And I wonder. Pete, let me know if y'all still say across. If, like, is across the pond? I wonder is that is that an American saying, so. or is that a Euro, uh, an European saying? Like, oh, across the pond is where we went to colonize you blokes, <laughs> or whatever. I need to look that up. So I can, historically, that's that's a good trivia thing to know. But our good friend UK Pete says, "Hello, gents. How are you? Both well, I hope, and ready for the festive season. Really enjoyed the Thanksgiving season. Such a great actor and so versatile. Though perhaps I should give Mazes and Monsters a miss, huh?" Not sure Trey <laughs> likes that one, so I'll bow to his expertise here. Mm. <laughs> good, good idea. I just saved you an hour and a half of your life. Uh, I also didn't realize that the Disney Plus version of Splash was censored. What a bummer, huh? Well, yeah, if you want to see Daryl Hannah's <laughs> uh, bare necessities, absolute bummer. Uh, I wish you all well for the Christmas period, and I hope that Father Christmas is good to you. Don't eat the candy from Patch, though. Looking forward to what delights 2023, where the fuck has time gone, in parentheses, brings us 80s-wise. As I said before, truly the greatest all-caps decade I've lived through. The 2020s suck donkey balls. Take it easy, and Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Oops, <laughs> slipped into the 90s for a minute. Your friend in the UK currently freezing his tits off. Pete. Well, Pete, I'm happy to say that here in Utah, in southern Utah, one hour from Vegas, I too am freezing my tits off because it is very cold here in the desert. I'm and I'm loving every minute of it. Uh, Jesse, I think what y'all have uh, tornado watch and humid storms today in Louisiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah tornado. So, uh, yeah, it hits New Orleans. A couple of people died, uh, but yeah, oh, it's not too bad. Yeah, but uh, thanks so much, Pete, and allow me to retort with a very happy Christmas to you over there across the pond and to all your family and friends. Uh, stay in touch and be safe for this festive season as well. Really appreciate it. Always good to hear from you, my friend. Uh, as always, if you want to send an email, 80srevisited at gmail.com, on Facebook, 80srevisited podcast, on Instagram, 80s 
underscore revisited. And of course, shout out to our good friend, uh, John, with the Cajun Toy Review on YouTube. And uh, it was a heartbreaker for our friend Doomslayer. He had the pin. He had the shoulders Stupid down. Ref. The ref got distracted. Fine. Fire the ref. Fire the ref. And our, But our friend Doomy unfortunately didn't win his number one contenders match. This time, not this time, but he was robbed. Everybody saw it. It's a damn shame. Damn shame. But uh, he'll get there. He'll get. There. I have confidence he'll get there. <laughs> but yeah, our good friend Ben Wyatt in, in TCW, the Doomslayer himself, uh, check out TCW. That's some great uh, regional wrestling, like that was back in the day, back in WW too. Uh, whatever, <laughs> you know what I mean. You know the reference I'm getting at. I'm saying I'm old, and the ter- back to the territories of wrestling. But anyway, as always, uh, give uh, both our good friends a, sh- uh, a watch on YouTube. Check out TCW, and uh, if you want, leave a review. We haven't been too woke on this episode, Jesse. I guess, I guess, I guess it's your headache and my cold stopping us from being yeah. our, our, you know, as woke as we normally are. I didn't hear any of that. My cough medicine and <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ, what are we going? What's happening? I don't know. We might get some positive reviews, but yeah. Anyways, <laughs> all seriousness aside, uh, all joking aside, if you would like to leave a review, good or bad, we encourage both. How many podcasts do you know say that? Uh, but again, all we ask, if you do leave a, a negative review, explain why in a couple of sentences where you just say, oh, the hosts are woke, their opinions are stupid. That's That doesn't mean anything. Tell us why. Tell us what we said that's wrong. Uh, I'm not an infallible person. I'm the first to admit it. I'll admit it every time. I love being proven wrong because it means I learned something and I have become better than I was before. However, uh, when it comes to issues of race, gender, creed, and just not being a dick. Remember what Dalton in Roadhouse says. Be nice. So regardless of your political affiliation, be nice. And not just during the Christmas season, although you should be extra nice during the Christmas season. Be nice all the time. And if you want to leave a positive view, thank you. You don't have to explain it. You can just heap praises upon us. Mm -hmm. Just kidding. Tell us why we're good. And if we're bad, again, just tell us why. We like to improve and see what we can happen. But if Again, if one sentence of a political statement ruins your day, well, then you're the goddamn snowflake. Anyway, <laughs> next week, I don't know what we're going to do. I'm, I'm leaving for California uh, tomorrow just for a couple of days. I'll be back in time to record the next episode. Not sure what it'll be. I got to see what I'll be able to get watched in that time frame. But uh, I don't know. Let us Actually, you know what? Let us know if you like knowing the movie ahead of time or like just being totally surprised as to what it is. I know it's probably... I would in the title to me like as a pod- so, yeah it's like yeah. those people who have guests on it and they're like let me hide the guest until the reveal it's like it's in the oh, title yeah. i already saw who's on the thing exactly like yeah. you know so but you know so, some podcasts i don't care if they you know if it's oh, like today we're going to talk about um barbarian oh i haven't seen it yet i'm not gonna listen to this episode yet yeah. Yeah. let me go watch the movie you know, so, but yeah, as as I've said many times on this podcast, on this episode at least, transfers highest possible recommendation. Mystery men, we we got a we got a plethora of movies for you to watch. Mm. I say a plethora, even though it's only like two. Two. <laughs> Mystery men, transfers, check those out if you haven't seen them. Uh, don't watch the Willow TV show. Watch the movie again. And uh, yeah, pre pre recording, we were talking about Santa's sleigh. So go watch that too. I guess. Oh yeah, and, uh, <laughs> we'll definitely have a list of some Christmas movies. Uh, before the uh, actual, let's see. Next week, let me check the date. While we're all, we're just kind of sh- shooting the shit. Yeah, actually, next week will be our episode, our last episode before Christmas. 
So uh, yeah, next week uh, I'll try to. I'm 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 going to try to find a Christmas movie that we haven't done. That's not, you know, we're not going anywhere below Babes in Toyland in terms of like a TV Christmas movie with big name actors. You know, we're only we're. I got to find something. I got a couple. I just got to double check that a. I can have access to them to watch, and B that we actually actually haven't done them. <laughs> I don't have a brain fart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So next week will kind of be our official Christmas episode. This is one too because Transfers, yes, is a Christmas movie. Uh, but next week will be a proper Christmas episode. We'll do a, an actual Christmas movie, and uh, you know we'll, we'll throw in some picks of our favorite Christmas movies in different genres so to speak, and all that kind of fun stuff. So next week will be our Christmas spectacular, spectacular. Mm-hmm. So tune in then, and until then, stay safe. Make sure your eggnog has whiskey, and otherwise it's just, you know, coffee creamer. Mm-hmm. And uh, cowabunga. Oh, wait, no, sorry. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> the, the intro was choppy, so's the end. So's the extra, outro. Uh, extra was a movie in the 80s, actually. We'll do later in the year, I guess. Uh, until next time, I hopefully remain... Trey Harris. Jesse Sedgley. And now, Cowabunga! Give me the cough medicine. <laughs> Pass the Tylenol. <laughs>